Every week we chat to ex-players, supporters and invited guests here on Belmont Banter. Welcome to the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC, whose main club sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. Hello again everyone and welcome to Belmont Banter and today we've got Whitstable's coach Steve Nolan. Yes, Steve's here with us today and he's going to tell us all about how he got involved in football and more importantly, how did he end up as a coach? But Steve, I don't want to know about that now, you can tell me about that later. But when was your first memory as far as football was concerned? When did you first sort of kick the ball about? Oh, well, like a lot of other people, probably as a youngster at school. Uh, and I, I just absolutely loved it. And uh, probably should have <laughs> should have done a bit better at school. But all I wanted to do was play football. So, uh, yeah, I had a good um, good uh, good time at school with, uh, you know, the, the local town and county and, and things like that. So uh, absolutely loved it from an early age. Where was home for you, Steve? Uh, home was in Dover then, down at Dover, uh, went to school there, played played for uh, the local Dover side and played for um, Kent as well um, on that up to under 16s. Oh, that's good. So you really sort of started to make your mark at a pretty early age then? Yes, we just, just absolutely loved it. Looked forward to football every single week. Uh, I was always, um, uh, in the early days, was an attacking player. And as, as it got to um, uh, sort of a higher level, went back into... Um, uh, midfield, played midfield for a long time and ended up as a fullback. So how long did you carry on at the under-16s then? Well, um, I, I still still played, um, I was in midfield then at uh, under-16, went to Coventry as an apprentice and, and uh, that didn't work out at all uh, on there. I remember playing a couple of trial games uh, for exit people uh, to come that and then came back to Kent after that. How did, how did the Coventry one come about? Did you get scouted or what? Yeah, I think so. I was at um, I was at uh, playing uh, at Dover, and then I went to Deal to play in the under 18s Then, and they had a couple of even matches, and it got uh, picked up from there. So things just didn't progress for you. No, <laughs> probably probably not good enough at the time. But uh, if I knew what I knew now, then um, I probably would have done uh, a little bit better. I think. Where was the next step for you from uh, Dover under 16s? Well, well, after after I came back into Kent. Uh, on, on there, um, I broke my leg, um, so and I came a l- little bit disillusioned that I had probably a, a couple of years out that was on there, and then uh, pr- probably by accident just started coaching a, a little bit on there and really enjoyed it. So sort of started uh, started to do my coaching badges because uh, it was something I've, um, I was doing well at and, so- and something that I really enjoyed. Um, it was it was difficult to get a job uh, coaching. It was not normally people that you knew and you had to go in and sort of demonstrate what you could do. And, you know, there was, and there was no paid roles uh, then. Um, I've, had, I've been fortunate enough to uh, um, work with some good coaches and under some good managers as well. And uh, also watch, watch some uh, uh, top quality coaches as well. So your progression through coaching, was it self-taught? Or- no, I, was, um, I started off with the Kent FA and uh, started on my preliminary coaching badges through to the full badge that was on there and uh, of course now what you do is uh, continuous professional development within the coaching badges so um, it's something that you have to keep up uh, that's on there to, to stay with it and of course it's uh, it's changing all the time. So when was your first sort of like in charge as a coach and a team of a real well I would say a good standard but certainly above under 16s so where was the first team you, you actually worked with then? 
Well, I, I worked with um, Dover Reserves, and um, we, we we was fortunate to have a, a good catchment of uh, players, in, in, almost as far as Thanet were, that were coming to play for us then. And um, the year I left there, I think we won about five trophies uh, with some good young players that uh, was on there. Uh, and I actually left there to go to Sittingbourne. I went there with Mark Beanie. Um, I think that was probably about 2001 that I went there. A couple of players from, from Dover as well to, to go up there. And uh, that was the old Southern League. I, th I can't remember if it was the Dr. Martins or Beza Holmes League that was on there. But uh, when, we, when we went in there, we was 11 points adrift at the bottom. And I think we survived relegation that year by, by about four games to go. We went in there in the October, 11 points adrift at the bottom. And uh, yeah, just about survived it. Was that when they were playing at Bourne Park? No, that was at Central Park. Oh, right. Where the, uh, the sort of the stadium they moved into, they sold the ball ground, yeah, uh, and then moved to Central Park, um, and then Bourne Park was was uh, the, the one that was the, the, was our training pitch then. So you were involved in Sittingbourne when they were in their heady heady days then. Yes, um, uh, it was uh, sort of nice playing in that stadium, um, but playing in that Southern League, um, you know, we went up as far as Grantham, Kings Lynn, Dorchester, Western Supermare, those sort of places. Yeah, one or two of the boys I've spoken to that have done that said it was a, a lot of uh, a lot of travelling. It, it, it was a lot of travelling, but um, it, it was a good standard and a good league to play in as well then. And did you have some good players to work with? Yeah, there was some good players there. Probably uh, Andy Drury was probably the best out of those who, who went on to play for um, Ipswich in the in the uh, championship. Yeah. Um, but he, was, he came into our side as probably about a 17-year-old then. But there were was, was some good players there. It was a tough league as well. A lot of local lads. Yeah, it's, that, that, that would be the ultimate, really, wouldn't it? To have um, sort, sort of a, a squad of players that come from your hometown because yeah. uh, you, you, the crowds are that much better and everything else. But uh, that, that, that is difficult uh, at the moment because players tend to move around as well. Yeah. Whenever I've posed that question to a, a manager, they've always said, if he's good enough, I'll pick him. And I suppose at Whitstable, we're probably fortunate to have some, some local lads there as well. We are. I mean, there's, what, at least half a dozen that are local, probably a few more. Yeah, yeah, I think I think there is. And, um, you know, they, some of those have had um, sort of offers to go elsewhere and they've stayed, um, which is, you know, the real testament to them. But uh, they, they, they enjoy it as well. A pat on the back for you and uh, Lloydie as well and the club because, you know, they're only staying because they're comfortable and happy where they are. Yeah, I, I think um, you know some of them probably could have gone for a little bit more money as well um, on that, but uh, they, they've stayed and you know there's some good some good lads, not only good footballers, but some good lads there at Whitstable. Yeah, it's nice. Um, so your spell at Sittingbourne, how long did that last? I was there till um, probably about 2005. Then I I, I left there. Uh, Mark Beanie had already gone; he'd gone full time at Chelsea, uh, and I left there and I went with uh, Clive Walker to Dover. Back to home soil, soil. It was, yeah, and um, obviously, um, you know, Dover were a big side in 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 that league then as well, yeah. and uh, it gave me the opportunity to work with Clive. I'd known him for a, a long time, so it gave me an opportunity to work with him there at Dover. Some very good players there at the time, um, you know, sort of Lee Spiller, Tony Brown, uh, Craig Wilkins, uh, uh, Paul Hyde was in goal. Yeah, we had uh, some some good players and some good characters there. James Dryden came in from Folkestone as well. So, yeah, we had some good players there. It's always nice if you feel comfortable at the club. And, of course, as it's your local area as well, it was sort of like going back home then. 
it, it was and um, had some had some really good memories uh, there as well. Um, unfortunately, we uh, we lost in the playoffs two years running. Uh, you know, a big disappointment because the what we wanted to do was get promoted, and unfortunately, we didn't do it. But uh, had some good memories along the way. Was Jim Palmer the chairman there when you were there? Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah, he was. And did you have a spell under Andy Hessen Taylor at all? No, I, um, I knew I knew Andy from um, his Gillingham days, but um, Andy came in after uh, after Clive had left, and I did the reverse. I went I went and took um, some youth teams at Gillingham. I was doing the uh, taking the under sixteen uh, with the under sixteens on Saturday, and with the under fifteens on Sunday. All right. So how long how long did you uh, spend in total at Dover before you moved to Gillingham? Uh, that was three seasons I had, oh, had there. Good. good spell at Gillingham. Do you enjoy that? I really enjoyed it. I think we we had some very good players there, and I think it was about eighteen months we went uh, unbeaten from that under fifteen, under sixteen side. And Aaron Milbank, uh, he was there. Uh, James Brown, Jake McKenzie, Ashley Miller, Jake Hessenthaler, Josh Hare, uh, some Sean Raggett, some really good players there. A, a strong side. It was. It was. Uh, sometimes you get those years at youth football where yeah. um, you get a good year and. Um, and not so good years, but uh, yeah, that was uh, some uh, some very very good players there. Yeah, a couple of those boys you mentioned are obviously with us now, which is wonderful. Are there are there any lads that very difficult to ask a question like this? But are there any lads that were at Gillingham that unfortunately slipped through the net who you thought could go further? Yeah, there the probably is because they go up and down at different ages. Uh, was on there, but. Um, uh, Kane Hazeman, and I'm not sure where he is now um, on there, but he he was a, a real intelligent footballer, and I was really surprised that you know he didn't make it on there because um, Bradley Dack came into us from Charlton on there. I, I, I took him in on a six week trial, and he's obviously got on to uh, Blackburn Rovers that was on there. So there were some some good players there. But uh, when I was Sean Raggett, obviously went to Norwich, and now at Portsmouth, yeah, probably Kane Hazeman and um, Jack Evans, who's at, at um, uh, Chatham now. I remember him playing for uh, Wales under 16s on there, and he was—you couldn't tell if he was left-footed or right-footed—but uh, very, very good footballer. Very good footballer. Well, that's that's interesting. What about progression from your side into the Gillingham first team? How did that work? Was it good? Jack Payne uh, went and played in the first team. Josh Hare, Jake Hessenthaler, yeah, yeah they, they they all went on to play in the first team. Uh, Bradley Dack. Sean Raggett, Ashley Miller. Uh, I think uh, Ashley was 16 when he played in the in the first team under Mark Stimson. So um, yeah, it was quite a good progression. Uh, was on there, and I'm 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 a little bit surprised really that uh, Gillingham, the catchment area that they've got, being sort of the league club in Kent, that, uh, that you know that, that more players haven't come through. Yeah, it's always weird, and quite often the ones that you don't expect it have got the attitude right they might have the ability but not in spades but good enough but they've got the right attitude and the drive and the desire yeah it's and i think it's um you know it's, it's it's so difficult for for them now probably harder now than what it was when i was uh, sort of starting out on there because um i think it's eight or nine hundred that get uh, released every year either um at 16 or at 18 so it's, it's a real tough job for them and you know they're concentrating on uh, football every single day uh, is on there, so it, it, it is quite tough for them, I think. Yeah, it is. It's a hard, hard game, isn't it? And to be honest, I mean, they say all of that, well, that's football, but it's very, very cutthroat, isn't it? 
It is, it is. And, um, you know, it's, it's been in the right place at the right time. And, you know, that concentration and, uh, and you, you mentioned the attitude of those players, it, it, is, it is tough. They've got to do sort of everything they possibly can on their part from their own individual performances as a team performance as well. Yeah. And how long did you actually stay at Gillingham then? I was there probably another two, three seasons, I think. So. Uh, and next um, move from there? After that, um, I think I got asked to go to, to Hyde, or it might have been actually um, from Mark Lane when uh, he phoned me up to ask me to come down to Whitstable. All right. Um, which, which was nice. Did you have a spell at Hyde then? I did have a spell at Hyde, yeah. I went um, went there with uh, Tim Dixon oh, yeah. and, also, and also with Sam Denley as well. So. Oh, all right, Sam was there. He's a yes. good lad, Sam. He is, yeah. He is a good lad. Yeah, I like him. I like him. Um, I think he's stepped away from football now. I think he's just going to concentrate on his cricket at the moment. Yeah, I think he's doing a lot with the um, with the youth team and the first teams at, um, at Whistleball Cricket Club now. So yeah, he is and uh, good cricketer himself, like his brother. I mean, his brother's obviously gone on to great things. But I mean, when years ago when I've seen the two of them playing together, uh, Sam was equally as good. He chose football. It's just how it works out, isn't it? Yeah, and and Sam was a good footballer as well. Um, oh, he's a good footballer, yeah. When um, when I was down at Whitstable, Sam played under under us there as well. Yeah, good lad, good lad. You you worked under Tim Dixon at um, Hythe. Was it Laney's connections that brought you to Whitstable then? Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. Yeah, it's um, yeah. Mark phoned me up. Um, Clint Gooding was was assistant there. Um, and uh, was was there at quite a difficult time really with with, with Mark. He then he, he then got the sack. Joe rung me up and said, uh, "Would I take the team?" So I spoke to Mark first uh, as on there, and you know he was he was perfectly okay with that. That there was there was on there. Clint uh, had gone, so it, it it just left me to run the team. And what they said they was going to advertise for um, for a manager on there, but would I take it in the meantime? I, I said I would. He said it'd probably be for about five or six games. So um, out of the five games, we uh, we won four and drew one. And, I do uh, remember. I do remember. <laughs> and uh, I think that was the time then. Um, and uh, I remember uh, we played at home on the Saturday. And I can't remember who was playing now, but we won uh, on that. I had, had uh, Ian Pullman and Lloyd Blackman playing up front um, then as well. Dave Corey also. And... Um, I remember Joe saying to me, um, "We were we're going down to Whitehawk on Tuesday," and Joe said, "By me, he said, if, if you win that one, he said we'll have to give you the job." I think, and <laughs> and uh, so I just laughed it off. And uh, anyway, we, we went down there and we uh, we drew one one at Whitehawk on a Tuesday night down there. And uh, but I, I always blame Pulley for that because um, we we went one nil down, and I think Ian Pullman scored on there to bring it back to 1-1. One, one. There was about 10 minutes to go and, and Pulley had a one-on-one one, one on one with the keeper and he missed it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I always blame him and said, if um, if you scored that, I'd have got the job. <laughs> Absolutely, it would have done, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're talking about Peter Knott, another manager. That, well, I get on, I've got on well with all the managers up uh, at town. There's, there's not been a bad egg there. They've all, all been good lads. Yes, uh, Peter was good, yes. Um, and um, he... He, he got the job and asked me to stay um, that was on there and it, it, it didn't work out for Peter either so no uh, I think it was after that sort of uh, I moved on and I went to um, I think I either went to Ramsgate or Hyde I can't remember when T- Tim gave me a call 
but that wasn't the only that wasn't the only occasion that uh, I was there. And um, <laughs> Nicky Southall then rang me up to go to uh, to Whitstable. So you've had what four different spells at Whitstable? Three, 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 three. Yeah. yeah, and of course, um, yeah, of course, I went down there with Nicky and. Um, he, he said, you know, will you help us out to the end of the season? So I said, yeah, I can. But um, I didn't realise with the uh, FA Trophy one that uh, they've been on, you know, it was about, uh, it must have been January time. We had about 20 games to go yet. That's right. <laughs> so uh, we ended up playing um, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Yeah, quite incredible, wasn't it? He had a great yeah. run in the cup, didn't he? Really good. Yeah, I mean, um, I think that's how Scott Hurd got noticed with, um, I think it was Gravesend and Norfleet then before it was Ebbsfleet. Uh, yes. On his move there. Yeah, it's amazing how those little one game and the right person seeing them play can change everything. Yeah, I mean, I mean Scott was a very, very energetic player um, that was on there and I think he deserved the opportunity to go and play at a high level as well. I agree. I remember one time, he must have driven you mad as a coach because I remember one time, it was a game at the Belmont and he was right, right in the corner down by the tee hut. Now, you know where that is on the pitch. Next minute... He's down left back at our goal, and I'm thinking, how? I know. Um, I, 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 used, I used to say that to Scott these, um, that, on there that you, you know you don't have to cover every grass or pitch um, that's on there, but uh, so energetic, you know, he just wanted to get round the pitch. Yeah, he certainly was. Did you move on then, or did you stay with us? No, when um, uh, Nicky decided not to continue. Uh, yeah. It was on there, so, um, so so I moved on. I can't remember who the new manager was coming in then, but uh, no. yeah, I, I, I moved on then, and uh, that was probably one of the spells at Hythe. And then um, I, I'd left, I'd left Hythe, and then Lloyd rang me up. Another good guy, like you know, it's very difficult to to judge because his time at the club so far, manager wise, has been so disjointed, hasn't it? To get a rhythm going has been impossible. Yeah, I think I th you know, you know, he took over from from Scott um, yeah. before the end of the season uh, that was on there. So, th so then he had a, he had a pre-season uh, coming in. Then that season didn't finish because of COVID. Then we then we started again it was on, on there, and then um, you, you know the season di didn't finish again. So no, that's I, right. I, I feel sorry for him really because um, probably I'm a little bit biased, but I think we've got a good management team at, at Whitstable um, with with Lloyd and uh, and with Laney as well yeah um, that we've got Ada and, and and Levy as well so I, th I think we've got a good sort of team that's there but I, I feel a bit sorry for Lloyd because he he hasn't completed a season yet you, you know his, his his enthusiasm uh, not only enthusiasm but technically what he does his man management is really good uh, I always said to him that you know players get annoyed if you if you mess with their money or you um or you don't speak to them you know Whitstable's a good, good club from that that point of view and you know Lloyd goes out of his way to speak to everybody on that so yeah he's very good isn't he very uh very well you the man management side of it that absolutely brilliant yeah I've, I've seen him with the boys they all they've really taken to him which is really good isn't it yeah I mean um you know he's he's not um He's he's not there to be liked. He's not the nice guy who wants to be liked uh, all the time. He's got he's got a job to do and he does it very well. Um, that's on there. So um, you know if uh, his man management skills of uh, you know who who he who he knows um, how to put things across to in the best possible way to get the best out of them. You know he does that well. That's good. That's good. Right. Well, it's been a really good chat today, uh, Steve. I've I've really enjoyed it. I'm going to put this out as a 
as a bonus edition, which means it'll probably go out midweek in a week's time or so. But uh, it's been really good talking to you, particularly as you're involved with the club at the moment. Now, most of the chats that I've had on here have obviously been regressing. I've been talking to people that have played with us for years and moved on to other clubs and everything. But to hear you talking so eloquently and well about um, Lloydie and Mark and Avery, you know, it's nice that you've got a good bond there with everyone. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not just us. It's the support that we actually get, um, you know, from from the committee, uh, from, from the tea hut, from the bar, um, it, you know, and, the, and the, the stewards that go around. You know, we I've not come across anybody who's who's been rude or arrogant or um, or dismissive at all. You know that everybody's there to help. It is, uh, you know, it really is a good good community club. It is, it is, and you're right to touch on the uh, the management because Steve Clayton's running a good ship there, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think I, I think so. I mean, um, you know, it's it's realistic. It's uh, you know, it, you know, it's not going to be stretch stretch yourself so it's in, impossible, and then we have to back back tread. It's, it seems to be uh, steered really well. Um, that's that's on there. You know, there's there's obviously things that we would like to do that we can't do, and you, you yeah. know, we can't do. You know, I think we're making the best of what we can do that, that's on there, but it's, it's enjoyable as well. And so I sympathise for. Lloyd, because um, you know he hasn't he hasn't been able to have a, a proper run at it from one season through to the next. No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. Um, well, it looks as if this season's completely wiped out. There's absolutely no chance, nil chance of anything. But yeah. the FA have been. I don't want to criticise the FA. They're caught between a rock and a hard place. But at times they've been very slow coming through with any information, haven't they? Yeah, and I, th- I think that's probably probably the b- biggest criticism of them. Uh, really, that they haven't come out. I know that they're wait, waiting for. They're always waiting for government guidelines um, to sit down and and so they can, the FA can then send details out to the league. Obviously, that you know safety is is, is paramount on yeah. that, and it, it's, it's no point in doing anything at all uh, until you know it's safe to do so. But um, yeah, I think some of the detail has been slow coming through, and that's probably reflected in the league because they've been waiting on sort of government guidelines and what the FA believe we can actually do that's on there. And, you know, it's sort of that, that hanging on where, you know, can you train, can't you train, um, you know, what, what, and then, you know, um, setting up things for players so they can, they can do some work to, to keep it ticking over, but you keep it ticking over for two weeks, four weeks, six weeks. It, it, it's that sort of thing. And it must be the same for the club, making, trying to make arrangements, uh, yeah. you know, when, when you, you're trying to get things in because you don't know, uh, are you going to get two weeks notice for the ground to reopen again? It's um, absolutely. It, it is difficult on that, but um, you know, I'm sure I'm, we, I'm sure we get through it with once all the vaccines are done. I was listening to um, Richard and Steve when um, th- th- they was on there the, the other week, yeah, and they were t- they were talking about uh, I think it was in uh, Holland. Yeah, we um, we went out there um, uh, to took a team out there originally, and um, uh, and then went back to do to do a little little bit of coaching. But it was interesting uh, on your conversation with Richard and Steve the other day in France that they used to play sort of eight aside or nine aside up to the age of twelve. They, they would they would put people in different positions. Um, you, you know, you'd be two weeks at right back, two weeks at centre half, and two weeks at left back, and then and then gradually move around. And what, what that uh, what that did for them is not only playing in different positions and um, you know m- making them u- use both feet uh, that was on there, but if they were playing up front. That was on there 
and say their favoured position was at right back, they would then know what sort of runs to make so that the fullback could uh, could play. What a good football. idea! Yeah, and um, they, 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 where where we used to go straight into eleven side football at uh, you know sort of um, not eight nine years old on a yeah. big pitch, but they would play on smaller pitches, smaller goals. And uh, they would limit it to eight or nine a side on there. So what that actually gave them was, uh, with a smaller pitch, was more touches on the ball. Yes. Uh, that's that's on there and playing in different positions. Well, so we've and, got an inter- we've got an international coach at Whitstable. <laughs> One thing I, I, I was going to mention that we we had when I, I did um, youth development at Dover, and we had a vision of um, of, of having a player come from uh, mini soccer, where yeah. we used to do all sided games on a Saturday morning. Uh, mini soccer through uh, could we get somebody to come to mini soccer play for the youth teams at Dover and get through to the first team and um, it was just when I I sort of uh, came back at that time at Dover in the first team Clive Walker that um, Craig Cloak played and he he was at mini soccer about seven years old so He went from mini soccer through the youth teams and uh, through to the first team, which was good. That's brilliant. That's really good. Well, thanks very much, Steve. Play for the youth teams at Dover and get through to the first team. And um, I, it was just when I I sort of uh, came back at that time at Dover in the first team, Clive Walker, that um, Craig Cloak played. And oh, he, brilliant. He, he was at mini soccer at about seven years old. So. Yeah. He went from mini soccer through the youth teams and uh, through to the first team, which was good. That's brilliant. That's really good. Well, thanks very much, Steve. Catch up with you and get your inside uh, slant on what's going on at the club currently, which is nice because the supporters like to know this. So from me here at Belmont Banter and uh, Steve Nolan on the other end of the phone, uh, thanks very much for listening, everybody, and we'll join you again soon. Cheers. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. They are providers of optical fibre services to the telecoms industry, specialising in optical fibre provision, local and long haul. We offer a full turnkey solution to our clients throughout London and the south of England. Contact us through the website for more details. Your host, Tony Rouse, every week on Belmont Banter for news about local football in Kent and beyond. I do hope that you've enjoyed today's episode of Belmont Banter. Don't forget there's a new episode out every week which comes out on a Sunday night, early Monday morning. And you can leave your suggestions for a guest to invite at the end. And leave a like and don't forget to pass it on to all your mates. Cheers.